All right, social media family. Thank you for joining <coughs> us yet again for installment number eight in the Christian philosophy series. Now, our topic tonight is is a a hot button one. Okay. All right. And it kind of ties into what we were talking about before we we started the stream tonight. All right. There's a connection. Now, the, the subtitle is "What About Suffering?" What about suffering? Okay. Now, when you hear that word "suffering," in some circles, it's synonymous with your life as a Christian. Now, suffering and Christianity, are they synonyms? Never yeah. and absolutely not in Jesus' name. <laughs> All those who live godly in Christ Jesus yeah. shall yeah. suffer persecution. Because persecutions yeah. is the sufferings, then yes. Okay. All right. Now, Kevin just gave us the word. All right. That's what that's what clearly what the scripture declares. So suffering is a part of the Christian life. But the question is really, what type of suffering? You can have life and have it more abundantly even while you're suffering. Mm. All right. I'm, I'm going to ask Gene to say that again. You can have life and have it more abundantly even while you're suffering. Mm. Hmm. I think the religious skeptic he just he just hit me up as soon as he said it the second time. Wait, I never did somebody. I don't understand. Was it somebody online? Like, yeah. Oh, it's not serious. He's metaphorical and kind of you know. He's got an idea of a person. But there's there's someone out there that hear this statement that Gene made. And just jump out of their chair. Absolutely. Right? But to get a whole picture of what we see in the scripture, that's very accurate. You can have life and life more abundantly and suffer. Because both are biblical. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's go to, let me go to James. All right, we're going to go to James. And this is a place where we see a lot of. Misunderstanding of the concept of suffering and its work in the life of a believer. <clears throat> All right, we're going to James chapter 1, starting at verse 1, and we're going to go down to go down to verse 4. <clears throat> what book is James next to? Peter. I lost it. Peter. 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 Mm -hmm. <coughs> Julie. <laughs> Julie knows? Carmen. <coughs> is that right? Right after Peter's. Yeah. Yep. Right, here's Peter. First Peter. This would be right there. There you go. There you go. James is always on the one all right, James 1, I'm starting at verse 1. And I'm reading the old school King James. Absolutely. All right. Verse 1 says, James, a servant, a servant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, 
Greeting, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith work of patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. <clears throat> now, I'm reading this. Now, if, if I'm, I'm reading this and I look at this, it says, well, doesn't he say count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations? That is what he say, right? So that means when trouble coming, we supposed to shout and rejoice. Yes. That's the key to victory. That's the key to coming out. <clears throat> okay. And you're not praising God, of course, for the bad thing. You're praising God because Jesus already took care of That's right. yeah. the bad thing. Right? Because yeah. he always causes us to triumph. Who was it that got, got beaten and they got out of jail and they were praising God because uh, they were worthy to be beaten for him? Paul. Paul was it? I think that was all the 12, wasn't it? In the book of Acts, early in the book of Acts, Acts around yeah. three or four. Mm -hmm. It's in Acts. Yeah. I can't remember who I was listening to. They were talking about this one, and then I'm like, oh my God, it was so good because then they got down to what the double minded was. I don't know if it was Rick Renner a month ago or whatever. But actually, they um, it's not patience, it's perseverance. Because patience is the fruit of the spirit. So actually, um, that's what they said, and I said that's true. Patience is a fruit of the spirit that we already have. So it's not patience you're getting; it's perseverance. Well, it's patience being developed. You right? We have it. But no, I don't. Well, I'm just saying it's like a muscle. You, everybody got a muscle, but your muscle you have has to be developed. So patience has to be developed. <laughs> You know, mine is still being developed. Well, I think they're connected perseverance and patience. Obviously, they go hand in hand. But I thought it was interesting, though, that somebody, I don't remember who what they said, because I like the word perseverance. Because okay. perseverance is like, you know, you're sticking with it, not patience quitting. you can have for five minutes, but perseverance mm -hmm. is like long. It's like when the guy prayed and said, Lord, I want patience and give it to me now. Exactly. <laughs> Now I'm reading verse three again. It says, knowing this, that tr the trying of your faith worketh patience, worketh. Now I look at that word worketh. All right. In the Greek, it says to work fully that is accomplished. All right. Perform work, cause or do to perform, accomplish, achieve, to work out. All right. To accomplish your faith, accomplisheth patience. Hmm. Now, patience is a fruit of the spirit, right? As we, as it clearly identifies. Now, if we look at the word patience, and we look at the Greek, we see the word endurance, mm -hmm. constancy, steadfastness. steadfastness. Sustaining, perseverance, you see all that, right? And see, this is why it's, it's important to do the word studies and to like look at it, yeah. right? Because like, you know, the, I, can, I can hear the word patience and think one thing, 
and somebody else can hear it and see it and, and yeah. hear something else. That's true. But if we dig into the text <laughs> and see, okay, so everything that was said in the exchange between Sue and Eric was correct, mm-hmm. right? Because all of us have the fruit of the spirit of patience. But what the trying of your uh, faith does is puts it to work. It places a demand on it. We all have a muscle, but to work in and get it stronger. You have to have resistance. You got to work it out. Right? Resistance is what causes the muscle to grow. So opposition, resistance gives us the opportunity to develop that patience. Oh, now see the religious skeptic just said, amen, Terry. Finally, somebody's speaking the word. (laughs) Resistance is what builds the muscle. And that's why suffering is given to you by the Lord. Well, who am I? No, it's just life. Life gives you the mind and the devil's suffering if that's what you want. Is that okay, hold on now. Oh now see. I I think it's more it's more like constant pressure because we wrestle not against it's the wrestling that's the constant pressure to to do good and and to be patient. So when we talk about the author all right, of the suffering, that's where we kind of get into the weeds. That's where we get into the weeds right there. Right? And we talk about what Sue was bringing up before about, you know, Andrew's broadcast and how, you know, people were just talking about being mad at God and how, you know, Andrew was explaining these things. How that is a, really is a strategy of the enemy yes. to get Lies. people to... Yeah identify the works of the devil with God and then and then you know point the finger and say that is that the God you're gonna worship that causes that that does that that allows people to get cancer Mm -hmm. that allows natural disasters to happen is that the God you're gonna worship it's that same slander that started back in Genesis 3 And you almost have to to really step back and look at, you know, the idea of accepting the 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 thought that God is intentionally placing suffering on people. It has to take the religiously twisted mind to to accept that you have your mind has to be contorted to religious doctrine, religion in order to accept that. Because you're not going to connect that type of logic to anybody else in your life or any other uh, organizational group of people or entity. You're not. When in fact, God is probably suffering, watching his children hurting and being attacked. And, right? It's He's not orchestrating that. He's, yeah. he's a, totally aware of the suffering. And I'm sure... Yeah, we're suffering that yeah. in that scripture I've come. You might have life and have it more abundantly. And Satan's come to kill, steal, and destroy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's kind of a clean line between the two. Well, what parent here, and I'm not a parent yet, but anybody who's a parent here would, you know, want their child to suffer, put suffering on them. But however, you would take your child probably from a young age and little by little let them know, it's like, hey, you got a cool fallen world. You're going to have things come at you. What did Jesus say? You're going to have trials and tribulations come. But then the good yeah, parents, you know, yeah, yeah, the, the parents going to go, I have over here. 
hey, you got this. I'm instilling you. The parents gonna say, you know, put them up on their knee. But you know, if you ever need mom or daddy, I'm right here. You got this, but I'm right here. Right now. That's all God was saying was, hey, I have great things for you, but Satan's a liar and he's gonna try. You know, so, but but be a good good cheer. Well, the thing about that, she yeah. she talked about the fruit of the spirit. He's already equipped us exactly with everything we need. Yeah. For the suffering, because I mean, you still hear a lot of preaching. When, like, a recent I heard, you know, just kind of looking at TV, and the guy was saying, Well, you know, his statement was, was God put you through hell because he's trying to do this. And I'm saying, oh Okay, where did God get hell from? Well, I'm saying, I'll get say thing. <laughs> I always think about Gene, his statement is like, okay, he, he made a statement for what God ain't got no sickness to give you. Well, God ain't got no hell to give you, uh-uh, it's not in him to give it to you. So I'm saying, but he's already equipped us. So when suffering comes, he's already equipped you for everything. That's why this scripture says, okay, he, it works out patience. Yes. The patience that I've given you, now it employs it. Now yeah. you put it to work. Yeah. Because I've already given you everything you need. It's almost like the, the fruit of the spirit is in seed form and we have to there develop you go. it. Like it that. has to develop yeah. into full fruit. There you go. And that's why <clears throat> that's one thing non Christians really get messed up at when they look at other Christians' lives. Because mm -hmm. I've been confronted with this. I don't know how she can call herself a Christian. You know, you don't do anything. I said, Oh, don't ever put me on a pedestal. No. I said, We're all in different places and we can either how we choose, we can either, you can either get angry in the grocery line because <clears throat> all of a sudden the tape ran out and they have to check, and you have to wait, and you have to wait, or you can yield to the work of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and let that patience get some development. Mm -hmm. So it's how we choose to yield to the work the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. wants to do in sanctifying us and growing that fruit yeah. that determines what we look like to other people. And, you know how sweet and that's so misleading because they don't understand that. Do you know how sweet the Lord is? When I first got saved for about six months, I was still involved in all the corrupt stuff I was doing. And man, I'd have, I'd have a syringe and dope in front of me and I'm getting ready to shoot up and I'm feeling terrible. I'm laying this condemnation on myself. And after I do it, what did he do? He'd take me and lift me up and give me a big hug. Say, come on, you get over this. You're learning to walk. And and you tell certain religious people that they want to beat you up. Cause they and, and when I first got saved in the revival in the 70s, there'd be people playing guitar, passing joints. Because two days before that, they were not Christians, and that was part of their life. And that had that stuff hadn't left yet. Yeah. yeah so, we talked about this this man that we had talked before, this man that we were talking about, he um for quite a while, he would he had become so full of God, but he and we were praying for him. He was using every colorful metaphor you could. I command this come come out, and I can be sick. And they finally, I mean, just he was calling the devil. One who curse was the Lord was discipling him. Like a couple years after he'd been saved, he, oh, the guy that was so cussing, he read, let no corrupt words proceed out of your mouth. So it was necessary for education. Yeah, no. And he went to his like mentor, and he goes. Why did you tell me this man? He goes, Oh, you had so many other like bad things going on. That was just like the least of the problems. He was, he was reaching people. But he had a heart, though. He's like, You had too many other things that was coming out. You were doing good. He's like, yeah. Nikki he Cruz wrote a book. Or, no, David Wilkerson wrote a book called Switching the Crossplay. Yeah. And Nikki Cruz was in there. And, uh, and there's an excerpt in there that Nikki was at, at a motel room with a hooker. And he's reading the Bible and to talk about fornication. He's he was a Spanish guy and he says, What does fornication mean? He didn't know. 
And he, he took his Bible and left the hotel room and found the closest church and knocked on the door. And the minister came to the door and he said, what does fornication mean? Well, the guy told him. And he looked at the guy and said, Nikki will never do that again in my life. And he, said, he went back and told the girl, get out. He didn't know what it was. And that was part of his life, which was normal. And when he found out God didn't like it, he said, that's enough for me. But we, we've seen these these tracks, these little tracks, I won't call them names. I'm just, so people have been around for a while know. And it was it showed where, you know, people go into a church brand new and they have all these. Oh, yeah. Um, they're not fitting the norm and they, they get hurt and get let because they're told, oh, you're dressing like that. You can't. You, you, can't, you can't be this. You can't be that. And it shows like, oh, I'll never go to church again. Did any of you see Jesus' revolution yet? No. Oh, want to. He was one of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It was good. No, we see I'm sure we're there. And there's yeah. another one coming out of follow-up to that in two weeks. So. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. But it was funny. They showed a church with 200 people in there, and they all had a hair down to their backs and beards and barefoot. And, and that's what I went, that's what happened to us. And the Lord sent about a hundred of us to a Pentecostal holiness Italian church. And the women had their hair up real high with flowers in it. And here we came straggling in because the Lord sent us there. And it was wild. Those folks didn't know, they didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. But within a couple of years, everybody was conformed to, to you know, Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at what's right. But you got to you got to catch a fish before you clean the fish. Let's look at verse verse four. All right now, just considering everything that you you said previously, right? Looking at four, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing all right so let patience have her perfect work perfect meaning what complete, complete. right complete. brought to his end finished wanting nothing necessary to completeness okay lacking nothing it says um, my little thing here lacking nothing <clears throat> that means don't cuss out the grocery store cashier and don't go looking for three or four other lines you can go get in <laughs> <laughs> Just stay there and let patience have its perfect work. Yeah. And you ever sit you ever in there and you realize you can just stop and smile and you say, okay, Lord. I mean, you know when you're in an opportunity for patience to have its perfect work. And that's just a moment of, okay, I submit to this, Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, I just call on this fruit. <laughs> now you see, you see this this admonition, right? Right here in verse four. But look at verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. They give up to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. I don't think it's a coincidence that this verse is right after mm -hmm. verse 4. Mm -hmm. Right? Because you get the ammunition to say, hey, let patience have its perfect work so it can do what it does. But if any of you lack wisdom, because how many times have you, you know, pressure been applied to your flesh mm -hmm. and you want to respond and do something? James is telling this verse five. In those moments, I'm lacking wisdom and I need some. 
So that's just that is a practical application right there. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God that giveth to all men liberally. So what what the pressure does, the diverse temptation, the trials, is providing the resistance. So it is challenging patience to activate, to, to work. Now, it naturally, practically, I'm, I'm like, okay, how do I respond then? When I know my flesh wants to do X, Y, Z, it's screaming to respond this way. Lord, I need your help mm -hmm. because I really want to give in to this. Mm -hmm. I want to tell this so-and-so such and such, or I want to go worse than that, right? Let any of you lack wisdom. So me putting myself in position, us putting ourselves in a position to of humility to say, Lord, I don't, I'm, I'm feeling some kind of way. I need your help before I have a have a flesh flash, right? You know, as I hear you talk about that. Um, it's like, I know when I looked in Galatians, when it, you talks about patience and fruit of the spirit and King James, it calls it long suffering. And so for in the last, last few couple of words of four, it says wanting nothing. So is that fruit of that spirit, patience or long suffering? And it's like, what it, it seems like what what that fruit of the spirit will do will keep your flesh from flashing because it says if you allow it to work you're going to want nothing and when you want nothing what do you do you don't do nothing you don't say nothing you just sit and you just wait for whatever's going on in the end and then you kind of just move on with your life so that's pretty cool you know that's good. That wanting nothing, you know, is the end of that fruit of that spirit working in, in our life. That's good. Because the, at the end of the day, what are the what is the real point of trials and tribulations? Now, if we understand that, they come from what? Ultimately from the enemy. Mm -hmm. Now Practically speaking, we can put ourselves, we we all done, I've done stupid things to, you know, provoke a negative response. So, but at at the root of it, the enemy is behind what? Diverse trials and temptations. Mm -hmm. And his goal is to hinder what? Hinder fruit from manifesting itself. Yeah. Right? So the diverse trials. What the enemy wants to see happen is for patience not to have its perfect work, but for that temptation to produce a response, mm -hmm. a fleshly carnal response mm -hmm. to produce the type of fruit that he wants to see. And his MO is to do what? To steal, kill, and, and destroy. Road rage. Because right. even the... Yeah. Um, the parable, I was looking at that this week, you know, the parable of the seed. I mean, you know, the parable where it falls among thorns. Mm -hmm. 
It says the word it, it, it chokes out yeah. the fruit. Mm -hmm. Chokes it out. So I mean if it chokes it out it means as he just said, the enemy's job is to keep it from manifesting. So what does he do? It says the the lure of wealth. It says other things. Mm -hmm. The deceitfulness, you know, riches. <clears throat> it chokes out, chokes it out. I can tell you a good story the Lord showed me about patience. I was uh, working in the cafeteria uh, for lunch, and uh, I went over and I put my, my bag and my thermos and stuff here, and I put a chair there, and I went over to a machine to get some food to put in the microwave. And this bully from the company came in, sat in my chair, moved my stuff over, and I walked over, and my normal thing would have been to pull the chair out from under him. I'm serious. That would have been my Oh, no, no. Everybody, everybody in that restaurant, they're, they're all looking at me. And I went up. I got another chair and put it over. And I moved it over. And I sat down. Never said a word. The guys in there stuck up for me. One guy looked over and said, you know what you just did, man? You just took the guy's chair and moved his stuff out of the way. And the other guys were saying, what's up with you anyway? Are you ignorant? And I'm thinking, look at this. God is, I was patient. And God was protecting me in that patience. There was other times that I, I went the other way, and God wasn't anywhere around. I was in it all by myself. So, you never know. Mm -mm. But that was a neat lesson to see that He He rose up people, you know, to defend me, to defend me. when I didn't defend myself. But the com the thing about patience, um, and this was. Crazy, because I think the teaching that this lady was trying to do was more like offense, but patience and offense, it's kind of ghost, or, you know, distress, whatever. <laughs> and I thought, I understand your teaching, but this was the stupidest thing ever, because they were, um, she was traveling with her assistant, and they had their, they were in the um, airport, and she had the luggage, and they were on the moving sidewalk, and some person, lady, doesn't matter, was in front of them, and they stopped with their luggage, and then her assistant looked at her, and as the teacher was telling the story, she's like, yeah, she looked at me and like, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to get offended? And I said, you're a moron. It's like, you say, excuse me, and there's because and then you go around them and I said, you know, where's your common sense? Because they literally have signs telling you what to do. Mm -hmm. Walkers on the right or whatever. Sitters on the right. Walkers on the left. And I thought, so I'm always about common sense. Never throw your common sense away because that was the stupidest thing ever. Like there, you don't even have to wonder what to do. They're telling you. So if that person is, you know, if you're like, oh, I don't want to get offended, that's their problem because the person's blocking the way. They're in the wrong. So you know, it's reasoning and common sense. Don't ever get rid of it. Because I thought, boy, our lady, are you in this moment? Are you dumb? Because it's like what you're, you know, it's so stupid because it was common sense. She was making something out of nothing. And, she, and, and so I'm always about, like, never, God is about common sense too. And you can't, and it, it, to me, it was just the stupidest thing ever as a 
30 something year traveler. I thought, <laughs> like, hmm. you're just, it doesn't make any sense. But to are me. there times that the Lord will have you do the thing that's maybe defies your common sense? Oh, yeah. You know, He'll override your human reasoning, what normally would be done in a case if we're sensitive to His Spirit, because He knows all things. So, that happened to me earlier, too, and long story short, because we're about speaking of waiting and patience and line all that stuff. I was at a customer service at a Walmart, one around here, and um, a lady cut line, and I didn't say anything, but somebody way behind, of course, was a long line. She said something, line. and she blankety-blanked, not like screamed at him, but... Oh, that guy back there, he blankety blank, better not blankety blank, all beautiful on the blanks, you know, type of stuff. And I literally was the one that ended up cut the way she did it because she goes, This line right here, this says customer service. She was on the right. That line there, that says the mobile, whatever. They weren't, nobody was going by. That was only one person running the customer service. She was using it to benefit her, you know, to earn her own benefit. I really went, not, I wouldn't have been out of my Christianity. I wouldn't have been out of me being a good citizen, but. I could have politely said something to her and then stood firm. And I almost did. I wanted to, but I felt like, don't do it. And I don't know. Maybe this girl would have brought a gun out at me. Maybe yeah, she would have tried yeah. to get physical. Yeah. But God knows. Like you said, yeah, God, yeah, God, God knows. About this yeah. he, we don't know what emotional state people are in. Yes. We don't know how they're suffering. We don't know what's going on in yeah. their lives. And by being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, we may be able to be actually instrumental in yeah. helping them in some ways. Yes, so, I felt like don't do my normal, even yeah. if I went, I want to beat her up or scream down. So I'm like, man, um, excuse me, you know, we were waiting really patient, not just me, but, you know, but it was just, who knows, God knew. Yes. But, yeah. But that's, see, that impatience. Have his perfect work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> she don't do that a lot. All, I mean, she does more, but she's just right. right. But that's how you're. Uh, she likes that's how you're a testimony. You know, it works on me if I see ten items or less, and somebody's got a hundred items in their I'm cart, and they're looking at you like, "Don't you dare say anything!" And I'm looking at them thinking, "You don't know how bad I want to come up there, and knock your cart over, push you out of the way," you know. <laughs> That's right. So I know patient has this work, but I failed inside, you know? Yeah. That's right. At least you didn't come out. So it, that's no, but my, my, my carnal desire was, how dare you? This is 10 items or less. People are here because they're in a hurry. And then you you take 20 minutes to check your stuff out. Yeah. That patience has, yeah, patience has its way. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. See, even little stuff like that, because I know exactly what you're talking about. I can't stand that. It's like 20, 25 items. Yeah. And oh, yes. you like, don't you hey, really? Let me help you count. <laughs> uh, you I mean, exceeded the limit. And it's not like one or two items. It's like twice as much. But again, you know, you if if I sit there and just patient, yeah. patiently just, you know, go along with that. With, and, and let's say the person tries to spark a conversation with me. Flesh is really going to want to do something to him. That's when you want to say, "Can you read?" Can you? Aside? I'm like, "Oh, now you now you want to chit chat, man? I ain't got time for that." But hey, if I'm, I'm sure open, if, witness, though, there, there like, you go. There you go. You have. We have to. I hope. You have to I know for me, now. I'm doing. I'm doing more just out of not even trying. We have to get it ingrained in us. Be Jesus. And take opportunities to yeah. 
the love of the Lord. Like that, the more time we spend with the Lord, you said you wanted to be more loving and yeah. day one or something. And yeah. it's like that, that's, we have to, if that's our mindset and mm -hmm. that's our normal mode of operation, that's automatic. Oh, they need Jesus. Not that I'm not happy. Not that I don't understand your 900 things. We all been there. But that person may need Jesus. And we better. And, and that's where it, it's not about me. You know, it's not about me in that moment. And sometimes doing good hurts. I was at Pop's Hot Dogs. The people in front of me bought some stuff. And when it came to pay the bill, uh, they wouldn't take a check and they wouldn't take a credit card. And the guy's going, I don't have cash on me. I don't know what to do. So I'm thinking, it's a hot dog joint. How much can it cost? I said, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. It's like 35 bucks, you know? And I walked out of there thinking, doing that good didn't help you a whole lot, you know? Remember I thought, came out and told you about those, that couple? Well, and you know, on the and they were so happy. They were saying, what can we do? I said, pass it on to somebody else. If nothing else, people are watching how we respond in these kinds of situations. And we're witnessing to people without saying a word by our actions and our facial expressions and all those things. So when that pirate when that pirate came into McDonald's when I had Maddie with me, a guy came in, had a pirate's hat, pirate boots, mm -hmm. big earrings, and he was asking people for money and I'm sitting there thinking, it'd be a cold day, I give you money, right? So I'm sitting there and eating with my granddaughter. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Give him fifty bucks. I'm thinking, dude what? This can't be you guy. <laughs> And and, and and he he was persistent in my spirit, so I went up to the guy and, and gave him the fifty bucks, and he started crying and telling me his life story, and he needed that fifty bucks. I mean, it, it was. But when he came in, I remember in my mind thinking, he's asking people, I wouldn't give him nothing, and I ended up being the big donor of the day, you know. So, and I didn't want to. All right, let's go to Second Timothy three. Right, we're going to go back to the, the verse that Kevin quoted earlier. And we're going to read verse 13 along with it. So remember, this is the Apostle Paul talking to Timothy, his spiritual son. 2 Timothy 3, looking at verses 12 and 13. All right, I'm going to read this in the Old King James too says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Hmm. Now I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. Look at verse 13. I'm going to read verse 12 and 13 here. It says, Yes. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, but evil people and impostors will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. Hmm. <coughs> now, verse 13, I'm, I'm reading that and I say, wow, evil people and impostors will flourish. But the godly will suffer persecution. Sounds upside down. Mm -hmm. But you know, the prophet Isaiah said what? He said, There there will be a day when people call evil good and good evil. Right. 
So the further away that social norms, societal norms, cultural norms separate themselves from the knowledge of God, the, the environment is set for evil people and imposters to flourish. Yeah. Right. And it, it really can be confusing. Like it's, it's, it, the atmosphere is set to deceive. Where on the outside looking in, if I, if I just look at this, right, and I, I don't get a, cool, a complete picture of the, of the love of God and what Christ did for me, and I just read this, you're not going to blow up too many youth groups like this race. Yeah. Folks ain't flocking to that. And when I grew up, the people that were prospering, they were like, they were like bookies. Drug addicts or drug salesmen, you know, that they were doing something illegal. And they were the ones with the big cars and the jewelry and the big house. You know, and this was in New Jersey where mm -hmm. everybody's a crook or they know they know a crook. So. Yeah. So I'm looking at this and I say, okay, verse 12. Persecution. If I live godly. There's a, there's a promise of persecution. I will suffer it. Right. Now, is this the the persecution, the type that we should, uh, and hopefully that we should rejoice when we experience it? Well, let's examine that. All right, I'm I'm gonna look at that word, the root word here, persecution. To make to run or flee, put to flight, drive away in a, in a way or whatever to harass, trouble, molest one, to mistreat all of these, to pursue, to seek after eagerly. So these things are our destiny, those who are living godly to suffer persecution. Now, Kevin asked the question, should we rejoice in this? Well, I'm gonna put that back on y'all, should we? Mm -hmm. We just read James. And it's like the clashing of two kingdoms. Wherever we go, we're carrying the kingdom of God with us. And you're gonna clash just the fact that we're on this earth. That kingdom, those two kingdoms are gonna clash. And we should rejoice that that's we are part of that kingdom. If you go back to this culture, though, these guys were being tortured, killed, maimed, houses burned. I mean, it was it, they were really suffering. I mean, they're, they're, a lot of them, you know, they died eventually. And Christians were being fed to the lions and all kinds of stuff happening. So. And singing as they were dying. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think it's, I don't know if it's in the first, second people, but people talked about how, you know, we when that's happened, we we're being we're suffering because hey, we are doing what God told us to do. So He says to take, you know, joy in. That. I think yeah, I was going to ask Joyce about that. Yeah. Uh, First Peter four ten because mm -hmm. this verse is always thrown up, and after you have suffered a little while, well, yeah, it, the preceding paragraphs are not about being sick. Right. It, it's about 
Well, watch out for the devil mm -hmm. because he's roaming, looking to see whom he may devour. Mm -hmm. And he's telling you what to do, withstand him. And then after you have suffered a little while, that's suffering. I think he's talking about referring to resisting the enemy, the things mm -hmm. that the enemy brings in your path. But people that don't believe in healing, they always throw that scripture up at you. Oh, he said, after you suffered for a little while, well, read it in context. He's not talking about right. disease. I even think the people that gave their lives, well, they didn't give them, they were taken from them. But I think those folks, when they were being tortured, I think long before they they died, I think God felt their spirit. I don't think they felt a thing. I think their body was there, but they weren't in it. I, I think He's that merciful to where if you go through something like that, He's going He's going to He's going to find a way. Oh, speaking of oh, that, on the right hand, share the sufferings of Christ. That's how can so there you go. That the topic, not the scripture, on the right, on the bottom, on the beloved, share the suffering. Was Jesus sick? Mm -mm. If you're sharing the sufferings of Christ, well, you can throw that back at the, at the sick people, at the people that think that um, yeah. God somehow wills that we're sick. Share the sufferings of Christ. Well, he was not sick. So, well, First Peter three fourteen says, but even in case you should suffer, but then he says, for the sake of righteousness, mm -hmm. right. it tells you. Mm -hmm. Why you're suffering. Yeah, right. suffering. That's what I was referring to, yeah. Yeah. For the sake of righteousness, yes. you're suffering. That's three, four, Because it goes on this, I know one is talking about it shouldn't be named among us that we're doing, we're suffering because we're doing stuff wrong. He said we should be, you right. know, because we're doing the righteous thing and we're being persecuted for doing what's right, not because we're doing everything wrong. But yeah. some of the stuff you go through in your job, the stories that you've told, mm -hmm. that's exactly what that is. When you get mocked or made fun of, or people get angry at you, there's mm -hmm. <laughs> those two kingdoms right. clashing, and that's the persecution just on a daily basis. Yeah, when I worked in a factory, I just had people make fun of me all the time. But then if somebody in their family got sick, they'd come to me quietly and say, Gene, can you pray for this one or that one? They're sick, you know? But in the crowd, they were making fun. Okay. Now, see, this is why they, um, Religious skeptic, he just he he been quiet for the past thirty minutes, <laughs> right? And and I saw the thought bubbles showing up until Eric started talking. And then he just he just put it down because right? <laughs> it's too it, and see because it, it's too it, it's it's too biblically well rounded, yeah. right? Because th this is what suffering it is a part of the Christian life. It is, but we. Rightly dividing the word of truth, you understand, okay, suffering for the sake of righteousness is a whole lot different mm -hmm. than suffering, sickness, disease, poverty, these types of things, right? It's, it's different. Because it's clear we've been redeemed from those things. Well, most of the trials we get into as young Christians are, are just because we're stupid. We say or do things that are just get us into trouble and it's not God. God didn't ordain it. And it's not even the enemy a lot of times. It's you look in the mirror, and that's, that's the enemy. Sometimes it's us. Mm. I thought about, too, being left out of crowds. You know, like, if you're even in a, like, quote-unquote Christian, maybe Christianist crowd, maybe you say it, that's a word. I thought about, you know, like, you know, as you was, you know, pointing it out, you know, show the sufferings of Christ. I thought Jesus was left out a lot from the religious people. I thought, well, you know, he got judged for, why are you having sinners? Why are you showing them blah, 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 you know, and he lived godly, 
what is godliness? Love, true love. Mm-hmm. And of course, Jesus did not condone sin. For anybody who's listening, would think we never. No, he didn't condone sin, but he loved people. He saw through them. He saw why they were doing what they were doing, where their heart was, and he wanted them to know his love in a better way. You know, I know we know this in a circle, but you know, if anybody you know who's also live on Facebook or something. But however, you know, we and you love godly, you live in love. A lot of Christians don't understand that because I think you know we've been conditioned so much to not you know, be religious, you know. But I was just thinking about those thought, you know. Right. right. Yeah, I know I'm found the share. One of the stories I had situation I had was when I worked for this guy, he um there was a few of he was a few of us worked there, but you know, they would play their music and they had cussing and all kinds of stuff and just mm-hmm. going on. And I made a deal and I said, Okay, look, you know, why don't we play y'all music? Half of the day, let me play mine. And they agreed. It was like, okay. And But the, the owner of the company came in one day and heard the Christian music, and I saw his face like, he was like, it bothered him. And then I remember he, close to the day, he called me in. It's like, you know, he was like, you know, you're a Christian? I was like, yeah. You know, I was like, okay. And he was like, I, I believe in God too. He said, but, um, he says, I don't think I want you playing. You know, the Christian music, he said, he told me the, the Christian music was bad for his business. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And I said, really? I said, so the other stuff is not bad? It's like, yeah. He said, but I prefer it. I was like, okay, I didn't fight it. Mm-hmm. You know, but he didn't like the Christian message. He had a problem with the other message. And I was like, okay. Well, the factory I used to work at, a couple of guys invited me to the lab and, and on my time off to pray. And I had this check in my spirit, no, but I didn't have the courage to tell them no, because like saying you don't want to pray is like, it's not good. Yeah. So I went in there and we started praying. There was five or six of us in there. And one of the big bosses came in. He didn't say a word, but you could, he was scared. One guy was over there praying in tongues real loud. <laughs> he turned around and walked out the door. I got a phone call in about a half hour. I said, Gene, I don't know what you're doing with those rituals in the lab. He said, but you're going to cut it out now. Yes, sir. <laughs> he, was, he was furious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing how people oppose. Mm-hmm. They were offended by the good, the Christ- yeah, the, the good news. The Christian message. We were at North, Norfolk Airport one time, and the cops came in because we were singing. We were, we were waiting for the plane. The plane was delayed, and there's about, oh, I guess, 20 people in there. And then we started singing praise and worship, and it was getting good. They sent the cops down. The cops said, "Y'all are gonna have to stop this. You can't do this here." And a couple of the girls started crying, and uh, I wanted to fight, but I the cops they got guns. So <laughs> you know? But it, it just, they just came in, and now, now if we were in there telling dirty jokes or doing anything, nobody would bother. Right. No. It's right how backwards that is. Yeah. It's just, that's the way it is. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's, um, since we're in 1 Peter 4, let's go there. I'm going to read verse 12 and go, go on down. <clears throat> 12 to 19. 1 Peter 4, 12 and 19. <laughs> All right, let me read this in the, well, we, we ride with the King James tonight. 
says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. And on their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. Yes. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet, if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time is to come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And it is first begin at us. What shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if righteousness scarcely if by and if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as, and, and as unto a faithful creator. Now, Peter is saying a lot here. Now, I want to look at, again, going back up. Now, verse, four, verse 13 says, But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering. All right, now look at this. That you are partakers of Christ's suffering. All right. Now, again, look at Christ's suffering. What did he suffer? Persecution. Everything. Right. Mocking. Right. Whipping. Death. Mm -hmm. All right. Crown of thorns. For the sake of righteousness. Right. Right. That when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. And 14 says, For ye be reproached for the name of Christ. So again, we, we're getting, a, if we sit down and just kind of read it slow, you can see what type of suffering is being spoken of and what, and what is be, for us to be rejoicing over not because you can't pay your light bill not because somebody got cancer that's not rejoicing that's not the type of suffering he's talking about if ye be reproached for the name of Christ happy are ye verse 14 in New Living Translation makes it real plain if you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you'll be blessed. For the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. So the, the picture is, is clear. If you just submit to the ministry of reading. Real slow. It's right there. But again, you know, you can get conditioned to hear these things religiously. Right. But again, I'm, I'm going to go back to the doctrinal di dissertation of biblical understanding 
and we're going to go to John 10 and 10. John 10, <clears throat> chapter 10, verse 10. And this is in the red, too. This is the red. Hot sauce. Yes. Says, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to, to destroy. I am come that they may have life, that they might have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Now you look at you look at the word through that lens. That's how you parse out your doctrine. Mm -hmm. Through what Jesus said. The thief cometh. What his what is his will? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he'll do that any way he can. Yep. Anyway. But Jesus said he has come. That they might have life and have it more abundantly, more abundantly. So we're not. So we're kind of talking about um, suffering, but and I. So this is a perfect time for me to ask my question. So a couple weeks ago, I on a Wednesday, I went over to. Um, I said, "Oh, let me do this, 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 and then I'll pop in to see how this is going. You know, if I want to go to this word church." Where it's like uh, Kenneth Hagen and them, not mentioning anybody's names, and because um, I don't go there, but I'm like, man, I really just don't know. Maybe I should go there more often or whatever. So I think that. So I was really shocked at the the pastor who was speaking. I think that somebody in the church there had died like maybe sick or something, and I really did want to call and find out because he said, and, and you know, we just, we just don't know. We just don't know. And, oh, and the whether, I don't know who, the woman, because I don't know these people. Oh, and she's just done such a, a good job of, you know, dealing with all this or whatever. And I'm like, I'm a, a work church. That's why they died. Because the devil killed them. Like, mm -hmm. but to say we don't know. We, I thought a word church who was brought, who was, you know, the pastors were raised up under Kenneth Hagen. We just don't know. When we get to heaven, we'll know. I was like, the devil killed them. Is that not a true statement? Yeah, they don't. They, they don't. They don't want to. Put that weakness on anybody. Yeah, but well, it's, sure it's, it's like, a lack of personal revelation of of God and His character. And but how was shocked these people were brought up like this is a worth church, an offshoot of Kenneth Hagin's church. I'm like, what? So is that is that not a correct statement that we don't know why they why they got cancer and died? Because the devil killed them. Well, then we do know Kenneth Hagin gave a story. I've heard it many times. He went to visit someone in the hospital to pray for him. And when he started to pray, the Lord told him not to. And, okay, he obeyed. And then the Lord spoke to him. He said, prayer won't help. That man set something in motion mm -hmm. 20, 30, 40 years ago with his word. So yeah. that's not necessarily the devil. 
That's us not applying the word, speaking contrary to the word, and, and our own thoughts, yeah. comments are stabbed but against you us. But you are agreeing with my thought process even better because we can know. That's what bothered We know. But see, the Lord, I'm saying the Lord revealed that to Kenneth exactly. Hagin, but not necessarily to every but, bystander. But, but so if, I hate that. that. I hate it. We know. We, you know, we. We just want to get to heaven. With that attitude, you're never going to learn anything. And so the devil, in some way, did kill that man with his words and his love. That, that man just. No, I'm saying, I'm sure the devil lie. put lies in it. I'm sure he's. Yeah, like my, Daddy lived to be 42, and I'll never yeah. get past 42. I you hear, say that long enough, and you're, you're dying I at 42. I hear exactly what you're saying. I am not disagreeing with what you're saying, but I'm sure the devil helped plan I so every opportunity he had. So, yeah, yeah. But, but it's like, I hate it when we don't know because, oh, I guess we'll just sit here and let it happen 9 million more times. Go ask God. Oh, that's a great story. I knew that story. Do you remember I when Billy God. Joe Doherty died? Billy Joe Doherty died. Kenneth Copeland did the funeral. Copeland came out on the platform. And everybody was thinking, why? How? This guy was so young. Had such faith, a great right? ministry. Copeland came out, and I thought to myself, I'm glad I'm not in your shoes having to do this funeral. Copeland came out, and I looked at him, and he goes, it's none of your business. It's between Billy Joe and the father. This is none of Because they were all thinking, why, 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 how, how, how. And Copeland did it, and I thought, that was a wise man to do. I don't agree with that at all said, because that, that I'm trying to joke. learn. I'm trying to learn something, and but it may not be for you to know. Right, right, and that's and that is now. Let me let me jump in here. Well, because I'm, no, I'm gonna jump in here because now I'm not disagreeing with what Sue was saying, in in the sense that if you look at verse ten, right, the thief cometh to do what? Kill, steal, steal mm -hmm. kill, and destroy. Right. So ultimately. All death, all theft, yes. mm -hmm. all destruction, he's the author of mm -hmm. it. But now, in the life of people, and especially the life of believers, what does he have to do in order to see his will come to pass? He has to deceive, right? He has to manipulate, dominate, or intimidate, right? He has to do all of these things for his will to come to pass, and he'll use anything that he can. Mm -hmm. Trauma, societal norms, changing, family trauma, Fear. religion, all of these things for his will to come to pass. So on a, on a simplistic level, all death comes from him. Mm -hmm. But he has to use, he has to work through what? People. And... We can, and this is where we get really, because people will get real, they will get violently angry with what Zoe Sue is saying. Believers. Mm -hmm. But see, this is where you have to be more, you have to kind of sit back and say, okay, how do I receive my brother or sister in the Lord and stay steadfast in my, my revelation and understanding that all death and destruction comes from the enemy, right? Ultimately. Now, we that doesn't advocate us of any of responsibility because while we have been given authority, especially us believers, 
But we do, we have authority over what? Over our decisions, our thought processes, our walk with the Lord. We don't have authority over anybody else's. But living in a world all over, we, we have, we suffer the impact of other people's decisions because we don't live in an island to ourselves. See, this is where we get into these conversations and, and, they, and things can get real contentious. You know that story that Andrew always tells about the man that when people were around him praying, he said all the right things, he agreed, he said all the right scriptures, mm -hmm. and then he dies and everybody's totally bewildered. Mm -hmm. He was a man of great faith. And then later, if I remember the story, they found yeah. he was oh, yeah. journaling or something. Yeah. And he said he was just pretending and agreeing. See, that's what I'm saying. And God may not, it, it's really none of our, that's what I think Kenneth meant. It's none of my business what he chose to do. I just have to accept the fact the enemy was perhaps involved somehow, his weaknesses, his lack of knowing things. But we don't always know why a person dies. You know what? And we get in trouble when we start speculating and making up those stories. You know why that stuck with me? When I had Lyme's disease and I had a migraine headache for two months, and I didn't want my heart to beat anymore. My head was like, I could, you know, my heart, every time my heart beat, I had this knife go through my brain. And I remember laying in bed one night and saying, you know, if you want to come take me tonight, it'd be a really nice time. I mean, I was in such pain. And I can imagine people being there and saying the same thing. Lord, I don't want another day of this. Take me, take, take me to paradise. So that's why I said about Billy Joe. He, he might have been at that place. I don't know. Well, my thing about the pastor was that not one. it wasn't a one-on-one -on -one thing. It's when they're staying in front of their congregation as the oh, no, I agree. I agree. and the influencer that's what I have a problem with was leading people and you know down the wrong pathway and that's what that was my issue and the other thing just because Kenneth Copeland said that it doesn't mean it's true number one he doesn't everybody's not always true but then my motivation is that I'm trying to learn and I'm trying not to die so if he's assuming, he doesn't know my heart and where I'm coming from. My heart is not a judgment. Don't assume I'm being judgy. I'm trying to go, oh my God, what happened? Because I'm coming from a place of learning. Like, you know, what happened so that I can have a choice and learn something about, did he, you know, maybe he wanted to go. Okay, great. He or maybe he just let his fight, guard down. But don't. Don't yell at me, Kenneth Copeland, and say it's none of my business when I'm I thought trying to learn. I told him now, to see, if I, if I died no. and he said that in my funeral, it would have been a perfect because thing Because so. what was happening, the congregation was guessing with supposition and all these rumors were going out that weren't true. But if I'm Some things to defame Billy Joe. Well, I'm sure. And so that's what was putting it into it. This was between Billy Joe and God, and we may never know. What happened? And we have. There's sometimes we have to be at peace with if that. If I died from Lyme's disease, it would have been a perfect thing to say. It's none of your business why he died. I mean, that would have been perfect. And I don't have to agree with it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't have to agree, or you know, and this was because when it comes to you, God will give you whatever you need to know to keep living. I don't think we have to gain knowledge from other people's experiences. 
in order to meet those challenges. The Holy Spirit will tell you whatever you need. To You just keep searching the Word. He'll show you what you need to yeah. say a lot. I don't think you have to put a, a lot of stock in what happened to somebody else. Because there are just those things yeah, we, we may not know. Yeah. And God doesn't yeah, choose to tell trashy, us. But, if, but I could see um, him responding to the trashers and bashers. I think that's, that's what's happening. Well, but that's a key to the whole story. Knowing that now, I'm like, I understand why he said that, but you didn't and say if that. I think, if I think, bashers and trashers, no. Well, so. okay, along that same line, if I if I am guessing the church that you're talking about, if you were a person who constantly went there or listened to him on the radio, mm -hmm. you would already know his belief system. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? It's difficult when we listen to one sermon from someone because. He'll see, he may say something and I'll say, yeah, but you don't listen to Keith more like I do. I already know what he believes. I see the whole picture. Mm -hmm. So you're nitpicking. It's really hard when you're I'd teaching. I'd be brain dead if I listened to him as long as you do. <laughs> you, you, you be, he says the same thing over forever. and over and over. He's long -winded. If you have to, every time you make a point, go back and teach the whole counsel of God in order to include that point. So sometimes we just have to assume, yeah, I know where that guy's coming from. He's from this camp. This is what he believes. And then not take that statement necessarily out of context. I love Keith, but he can take a 15 minute me. message and Just make it two hours. <laughs> but I think the same thing with Andrew, though, you gotta think this is based on the charisms. Can anybody see the reflection yeah, of that yeah. TV up there? So, yes. Does it say Diablo CPA? <laughs> yeah. How come it's not on the screen? Where am I seeing that from? Oh, that's the glass. Well, that's the, the glass. good news is that we got to the bottom of the, the story, glass. so praise the Lord, because mm -hmm. no, I I can see why he was addressing the bashers and the trashers, because mm -hmm. that's unacceptable. Yeah. So and that's that is none of your, it's right. none of your business that's when you're judging wrong. someone. No. And that's, and that's the thing, because okay. the Lord will, he, no. the Holy Spirit will let you know what you need to know. Mm -hmm. And we, and the true teacher is who? It's the Holy Spirit, and his his textbook is the Scripture, right? Suffering is not used to teach you. Yeah, it's the, the Scripture. The now we gonna go back to Second Timothy three, and we gonna hear Paul say it. Second Timothy three. I remember this is Paul talking. This is Timothy here. All right, I'm going to start at 13 and go down all the way to 17. It says, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child has known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all Good works. Amen. You see that? Now I'm going to read it in the verse 16 and 17 in the New Living Translation. It says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us, 
when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Didn't say nothing about using car wrecks and cancer. Right. Right. It's the word. We had a personal story. I'll make this real short. One of his very best friends when he was young in the Lord um, got cancer. I want to say it was like colon cancer or something like that. And he actually had an experience where he went to the bathroom and passed the tumors. Okay? and But then he continued. He, he was just sick and sick. And we went up to visit him. And, and he couldn't stand odors. He couldn't eat. He couldn't smell cooking and all that. And he died. Well, at the funeral, I don't remember who the man was. But if you remember... He got up and he said, the Lord told me to share with all of you, because of course we were all in prayer for Fred. He said, the Lord told me to share with you. Your faith was honored. Do not be discouraged. He was healed of cancer. He did not die of cancer. Wow. God told me just to you know tell happened? you that. His gallbladder was gone bad, and they couldn't believe it was his gallbladder. They kept, they kept looking at where the cancer oh surgery was, God. thinking this is a complication of the, the, the cancer surgery. And it wasn't. It was a, gall, a simple gallbladder. But that was a sweet thing that the Lord did to encourage people that our faith was heard, that he was healed. And now, you know, is it a bummer that the other, yes, but that just encouraged me because we prayed for that and, the, and he was healed. And that guy was a warrior. We used to go into Harlem and preach all the time. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he was a tough dude. But that was just the goodness of the Lord to let people know, don't be discouraged. You, your first were hurt, your faith was honored. He was healed from that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that is that is really cool. But one of the things I think we say, I mean, I learned, I mean, is that sometimes when people, you know, want to know answer this stuff, your response is, I don't know. And we got to yeah. be okay with yeah. that. Yes, we yeah. need yeah. to be able to because say, I don't like know. Like you said, sometimes the Spirit of God just didn't reveal that to you. Mm -hmm. So when I'm learning, you're okay. Okay, I don't know right. the answer to that. And sometimes sometimes yeah. I say to myself, I'm not supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I don't people know. want to ask you that, they'll go, yeah. That's like, I don't know. I simply do not Because we right. always feel like we are obligated to come up with an answer. Right. And, and I feel that. The truth is, right. I don't know. Sometimes God knows for our best for our hearts. I mean, there's things. Um, and why you know it could hurt us knowing, and it's just emotionally, it's like, I don't want to know. And God's like, yeah, he ain't it's like when people first die, you go, What yeah. do you say? You go, I'm sorry. That's all you can say. If you don't know where, why you just say, I can say, I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it, and because those, those times are very sensitive, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, when, when you want a message to penetrate the heart, you, you need there's a you need emotion attached to it. So whenever there's like you talk about loss, mm -hmm. it's a trauma, and there's a emotional open heart sensitivity there. Now, sometimes the enemy will 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 put try to put you in a situation to pressure you to give an answer. Yeah. Right, and then you spout off some religious junk and the enemy will use that yeah. to defame the gospel. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then it, it twists this person's heart. 
So this is why just like Mary just said, sometimes the best thing is just say, you know, I'm sorry for your loss. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, it, but the, you, you don't, you don't try to speculate and or give some type of religious answer like the, the Lord needed another days <laughs> in heaven or something yeah. stupid. I'm like, yeah. they, they, come on. That's so cool. Andrew was talking about the other day, a couple yeah. days ago, where he's talking about the believers thing. He goes, my father was died when I was 12. He goes, and you stand up there telling me, oh, God needed another angel in heaven. He goes, right. I needed my father. Right. He goes, they're spouting off Religious stuff. Mm -hmm. He goes, just go. We don't know. We're here to help. Yeah. He goes, no. If hurt. you need anything, yeah. please come to us. No, they want to go in and do it. And so they look at, oh, I know everything. No, you don't know nothing. He wanted his father. He's 12. He's just beginning to meet his father. Mm -hmm. right. He goes, and they're telling me, heaven needed my father more than no. you do. No. He goes, that's such a lie. Yeah, I know sometimes people, I've heard, you know, and in home going, the criminal people make, you know, they make the statement where God makes no mistakes. But but then I say, yeah, but people do. So, I mean, they may have screwed up exactly. and called themselves in their life short. So, yeah, he don't make no mistake, but people do. You know? Let's keep it simple. If God wants you to say something, you won't go keep your mouth shut after a while. But then you'll know. You'll know it'll be okay because then he's going he's gonna to work it out. Mm -hmm. And he's going to trust the, the person that needs to hear it. All right. All right. So I'm, I'm going I'm to close out with a scripture that's really going to take off the uh, religious skeptic. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we talk about suffering, right? So, you know, how important it is to understand the context that it is the the will of the Father for the individual, for individual, for believers, for it is a part of his will that believers suffer for righteousness sake, for the cause of Christ, for the name of Christ, okay, because we bear his name, but not suffering sickness, disease, lack, these things, right? So let's go to Psalm 35, 27. Psalm um, 3527. And it's just going to tie back to Gene's point earlier. That is God's will for we can we can suffer and live life more abundantly at the same time. Okay. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continuing, let the Lord be magnified, which have pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Let the Lord be magnified, which have pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Amen. I was well, sick. What does it I say? It says, let them say. How many of us actually do that? Because that's one of my all-time favorite scriptures. Let them say continually. Are we doing that? Because it's wonderful. Let them say continually. Let the Lord be magnified. Who has pleasure? Let the Lord be magnified. I was sick close to death in, in the last 30 years, probably three times. I never once thought God put it on me. 
No, I knew the I knew that I had that my guard down somewhere and the enemy got in and uh you, you never thought I was doing anything like that. Maybe you're right now. How if I did then how could I turn around and call upon him to heal, heal you? Yeah. God would that would make God a schizophrenic. God would make a sick and heal you. He doesn't, know, he doesn't know who he is. He's the killer, he's the healer. Well, which one are you today, Lord? That's just so dumb. Yeah, it, is. it is. Up and down. Bipolar. Schizophrenic. Oh. He knows all the terms, don't you? So let the Lord be magnified. Amen. Who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Of course he does. All right. Social media family, thank you for joining us once again. See you next week. See you, Kevin.